ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm excited to interview a friend from college, Beth Hyde now. I remember yes. you by a different last name, but I think I got that <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so Beth and I went to college together and our paths crossed some, um, but I've really just been so excited to watch Beth's journey post-college and see how God has just given her the most unique story and it's intertwined with so many other people's stories. And it's just, it's been beautiful to see what God has done in her life. So Beth, I will let you introduce a little bit about yourself and your family here because you have a really awesome family. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Beth and obviously, but um, I'm married to Mark and we have seven children now. And, and you've been married for not even a year? Months. Okay, yeah. A little, uh, 10 months. So how'd you I get guess. seven kids out of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a newlywed with seven children is uh, a little unique, I yes. guess you could say. Um, so I adopted five girls out of foster care when I was single. And my last adoption was finalized, gosh, two years ago. Yeah. And right after I adopted my last daughter, I interviewed on a podcast and that <laughs> guy one of the guys who interviewed me we just headed off found up all these random connections that we had and I didn't know them pre or prior to the yes. interview and didn't even know he was single because I saw that he had two kids so I assumed he was married yeah. um and obviously I was wrong because <laughs> now he's married to me <laughs> so um yeah Mark interviewed me on his podcast um he has a Christian podcast out yeah. there and he and I got married a year less than a year later <laughs> you, you do you have the coolest story and it's had its bumps along the way and um yes <laughs> God has stretched you and but it's been yes. so amazing for me and I know so many of I mean people we went to school with but even beyond that just the impact your testimony has had and that's really what this episode is talking about is foster care kind of exposing Christian women to that as a ministry and then just sharing your story of how God has worked in your life. Um, you know, I know that we tend to be so pro-life and, and abortion is usually the huge issue that comes up with that. And while I'm against abortion and want to do everything right. I can to help, being pro-life doesn't stop at the womb or as soon as the baby comes out. You know, I, I have another friend who has been involved in foster care. And she said one time, you know, you have to realize that while it's wonderful if the mom makes the choice to keep the baby, there was a reason she didn't want to for a time. So now you have this group of kids that are entering into homes where maybe they're not wanted. Maybe they're wanted, but they're just not able to provide or take care of, which brings us to a whole nother area of this pro-life, which enters into foster care and adoption. And I think that's an area where a lot of us just are kind of like, okay, whoa, I don't know anything about that. Or some of us, like for me, for example, I, we couldn't participate in that in this season of life. Does right. that alleviate 
me from getting involved in it at all. I don't think so. You know, God talks about in his word, you know, taking care of the fatherless and the orphan. And so through this episode, you're going to kind of share your story and then share some ways. You know, there are many ways that you can get involved in this ministry. And the Lord's given me some of those opportunities I'll kind of share at the end. Um, But really just giving exposure to the need, the great need of this in our lives and in Christianity. So why don't you just start with how did you get where you're at right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess the easiest way to do it is just I tell the, you know, sequence of events and just, you know, let the spirit lead me of what I want to, what he wants to share through that. Because um, the sequence of events will show you that the spirit was the one in charge (laughs) and it's, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God being my strength. Because when people say God won't give you more than you can handle, (laughs) I'm sorry, that's, it's so not true. Yes. (laughs) It's, um. I feel like my entire story is God giving me more than I can handle mm-hmm. and him coming through because one of those quotes that we always heard around missions conference time was God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. And that's hundred percent true because, um, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Still don't. <laughs> and, uh, just kind of winging it. And Jesus has taken the wheel literally. Yes. <laughs> Um, so back when I was 15, I was blessed with the opportunity to go to Ecuador and actually I would have been in Ecuador 15 years ago. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> um, it's hard to believe it was that long yeah, ago. Isn't so, it? it doesn't feel yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm thinking like, we're really close to 15 years. Exactly. When yeah. God told me this is what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I went down there with my aunt and uncle and they adopted a little girl and they have two special needs kids and the ad- girl they adopted is also special needs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I went down there to help with their, um, biological children while they walked through the process of adoption with their, um, youngest. And I was just able to experience an orphanage firsthand. And I was holding this little girl. I mean, everything from her story is now seen in my own children's stories, even down to her name and um I was holding her and just weeping over the fact that she was abandoned at the Mm -hmm. hospital and she was left with all these struggles and stuff and I was just weeping over it and God said well this is what you're going to do with the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and I said okay (laughs) so I came I was a freshman in high school I came back to you know I took time off of school to do all this and I came back to my Christian school and I was like told everybody I was like well I'm gonna work with orphans the rest of my life don't know how that's gonna look don't know how that plays out but that's what I'm doing so then I went to college with Brittany and I wasn't gonna major in missions I wanted to major in English education with English as a second language minor Mm -hmm. and I was like well I don't think I'm gonna marry anybody here I need a I need a great degree that I can use to support myself. So I got my degree, had a couple job offers overseas. All of those fell through. God closed all the doors mm-hmm. and I was really angry. <laughs> I was like, um, excuse me. I'm I surrendered here. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm supposed to go. Yeah. You have not allowed me to go and I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, my last semester, I graduated in like the fall semester And I did an internship at a Christian school in the area around Mm -hmm. Crown and somehow ended up getting a full-time job teaching Latin for middle school. So um, a year after I graduated, though, and still obviously very confused of why I'm still in Powell, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and not, you know, in Ecuador or Paraguay or Peru, all the different places I was offered jobs and Mm -hmm. tried to work it out. And um, 
I was sitting at church and um, Andrew Wood from uh, Hope Resource Center, I think it's what mm-hmm. it's called um, in yes. Knoxville. Yeah. It's that pregnancy center. Um, he was preaching at our church about uh, sanctity of life and what that meant and how that's not just getting babies to be born. It's way beyond birth. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, stepping in with the drug addict. It's stepping in with the homeless. It's stepping in with at-risk teens. It's stepping in with foster care, stepping in with underprivileged moms and helping mm-hmm. them out. It's it's the prison ministries. It's all these things because if we're pro-life, we have to yeah. be pro life and stand up for those that, um, you know, I love Wonder Woman. One of my favorite quotes for her, from her, it was kind of like my like quote was, um, I will, I will fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. And I, that's what that message meant to me. And God told me during that sermon, um, you're going to do foster care. And, and you became like, um, Wonder Woman, literally. <laughs> Without uh, the cape. <laughs> yeah. But again, I don't want to take any of the glory away from God because it has nothing to do with yes. me. So I am, you know, 24 at this time, a year post-college, living on my own, have no family in Tennessee. Um, I grew up in Indiana. I had grown up in Indiana and then um, my parents moved away right after graduated high school. And then um, I came down here for college and then stayed. So, you know, I was just kind of making my community, my family. And thankfully the foster care world down in Knoxville is incredible. And they took me in, but, you know, 24 years old, not a whole lot of, you know, solid connections in town. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I started calling around because I'm one that uh, faith is definitely one of my spiritual gifts and God's used that um, faith and ignorance, I would say combined. Because <laughs> <laughs> If I had known anything I had knew now, I probably would have been a little bit more hesitant. <laughs> but um, I, I just said yes to Jesus and he multiplied that. Yes. Like he did the bread and the fishes and <laughs> now I have five kids. So, but um, that's a long story short, but um, I try to uh, get attached with some foster care agencies, mostly the Christian ones, or just I've heard more agencies or agencies have more support. So that's what I naturally mm-hmm. lean towards. But they all turned me down because <laughs> I was 24 and single. They mm-hmm. would only allow um, people under the age of 25 if they were married. And I was like, um, why does okay cool so then I was like fine I'll just go with the state and they were like yeah we'll take you we'll start classes next week and I was like oh okay (laughs) so I jumped in and you know I met one of my best friends who was the same age as me Mm -hmm. as single as well and she was there and like I don't know Jesus told me to do this so I'm walking through the steps and I'm like so we're both crazy awesome (laughs) (laughs) and um like I'm coming down to Knoxville in a month for her wedding so like Uh, I again like I made so many amazing friends through the foster community but um a few months later I got my oldest two girls um I had a my first placement was a baby and she was just a respite because they needed to find her a placement mm-hmm. with um, her siblings. And I thought I cannot foster three kids at one time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, and I think that's just God's, uh, you know, sovereignty is just not giving me peace about it. And then, you know, I said no to things that people be like, Oh, that's a dream placement, you know, in the foster care world, yeah. a baby and a toddler and, you know, almost guaranteed adoption. I just did not have peace about it. And so mm-hmm. I said, no, 
Um, and then I got my oldest two girls who I've now adopted. They, um, their names are Ava and Sadie and they were two and a half and four and a half when I got them potty trained, thankfully. <laughs> Good for you. I'm potty training. <laughs> I potty training three, three-year-olds currently. And it, oh, it's the word. worst. <laughs> I will pray for you. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, yeah, I got them and it was kind of awful. <laughs> I will admit, um, I almost, uh, it almost broke me. I, um, that was probably the hardest transition was going from zero to two mm-hmm. and just all the trauma that they had and there's, yeah. and you know, my oldest has cerebral palsy. And so there was a lot of medical stuff that I was, you know, I felt like I was drowning in and um, trying to work full time as a single mom with no family. And thankfully they came right at the beginning of summer as a, you know, as a teacher and just figuring it all out. And um, the enemy loves to tear people and families apart. Mm-hmm. And um, the enemy definitely attacked our family and uh, definitely attacked me because I thought I was actually doing them more harm than good because I was seeing it just through my own abilities and strengths. And I didn't have very many to offer. And uh, I definitely learned, um, you know, parents, all we all know that we have to surrender our children to the Lord and that um, they're not our own and we have to hold them with an open hand. But when these children aren't even your kids mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you can actually help them, it, it puts you in this forced place to surrender yeah. to the Lord, to trust him that he's going to be their good, good father. And um, I went into a meeting assuming that the, they were going to move them to a different foster home because I was failing them. Mm-hmm. And somehow the Lord intervened in the way only he can. And I left that meeting knowing I was going to adopt them and they were my forever. Yeah. And um, just even my patience, God gave me grace on just after that meeting of he wanted to see me surrendered mm-hmm. and, um, it didn't make it any easier. <laughs> it just, God gave me that much more grace. Yeah. And, um, they're incredible. They're such cool kids. <laughs> so emotional. <laughs> and then, um, 10 months after they came along, um, I was, uh, well, about nine months later, their adoption was supposed to be um, in process, and mm-hmm. somebody misfiled a single piece of paperwork, as in, just does it just happens in foster uh, care, which is super what fun. What happens and when you're so, trying to move internationally too? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, so one single individual piece of paperwork mm-hmm. completely restarted the the whole process of terminating rights oh, and everything. So it pushed their adoption back by nine months. And, um, which again, is just the Lord because in like visits were reinstated and they were really honestly traumatic every time for the girls. And, um, again, in hindsight, it was just the Lord. It gave the girls closure, um, as they were just maturing and kind of seeing for themselves, their story in, Mm -hmm. in real time. And, you know, my girls, they've experienced a lot and, um, it's only by God's grace that they are incredible little being human beings. So, um, but I was going to close my home again after their adoption and, um, got rid of all the baby stuff I had just (laughs) quickly accumulated for that baby I had for two days. It was like, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm going to have two daughters and we're going to call it a day and it's going to be fine. That's what, 
that's what the Lord intended. And God's like, oh, you know that place of surrender that I have you in? Well, here's another kid. I want you to park here for like forever. (laughs) (laughs) So again, my story gets like, again, only something God can do. I, even just the way she came into care was very special and unique and God-sized details is how I always like to describe Mm -hmm. them. And I was getting ready to go to my parents' house for Easter um, on a Thursday night because I had school off on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to, pick the kids up after school and we were going to drive late into the night to get to my parents' house in St. Louis. And, uh, I was literally picking up bags to go put them in the car and I got a phone call and it was DCS asking me if I could take a one month old baby girl. Cause she had been in the office all day and they couldn't find a placement for her. And I said, uh, sure, but I need an out of state pass immediately, which is a miracle in itself that it even happened because yeah. you, you need like six signatures to take these kids out of state. <laughs> <laughs> and, Nora can prove that it can happen quickly if they needed it. <laughs> so I didn't tell my parents why I wasn't able to come that night. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll tell you about it when I get there. Something came up and I show up with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm a little late. And, yes. <laughs> so um, Nora came along and she, that was, I guess, spring of two. 2017. So Nora, my little light of hope came along mm-hmm. and she was just honestly like a balm to my very aching soul of like, yeah. I just want to be done with foster care. And God said, your story is not over yet. We still got more to do. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just a vessel for the Lord's work. And I was like, all righty, <laughs> you're gonna have to take control of this one. So just again, moving through the story, the girl, the older two girls were adopted in December later that year. And Nora was adopted a month later in January. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Closed my home took a year I quit my job I took a semester off just to kind of get um realigned with mm-hmm. honestly Jesus and becoming a family and kind of settling in and um that summer I started doing respite <clears throat> for a little boy and also while applying for jobs because yeah. I was like well I can't live off of a little bit for this long so it's time to get a job again and um got a new job. Then I was approached about adopting this little boy who I'd been doing respite for. And I called my caseworker, explained my situation. And there's the rules of foster care. There's very specific things. Mm-hmm. And she pushed my application and my second application in again, like wrote a whole letter, I think to open my um, home, even though I didn't check all the boxes. And because I was a good standing with DCS, they did it. And then the little boy's family found out that he was in foster care or that he was even alive. Mm. (laughs) And uh, he was two. And um, now he was adopted by his aunt and uncle who are amazing people. And he's doing amazing. And I'm like, so why did I open my home? And uh, my very first day at my new job, God answered with a baby girl. (laughs) And uh, so I spent the night in the NICU that night, woke up, went to work again the next morning, came back from work, picked her up from the NICU, took her home, <laughs> and then went back to again to work the next day. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so I, um, that's when Mia came along. Mia is the fourth of the five girls and she is a spunky little girl. She was born prematurely. She was, she had to do some uh, medicated withdrawal in the NICU mm-hmm. and she has been a an amazing fun addition to our family she's just adorable she's got curly curly hair and they just bounce as she like jumps on her tiptoes <laughs> like she's just so like agile it's so fun Aww. and um 
again, the Lord just stepped in and people, you know, they can't go to daycare until they're six weeks old. And I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here with a two week old and a new job. And I'm like, uh, and people from my church and my community just stepped in. And I just went to different people's houses every morning and dropped her off. And they all shared and babysitting her and they all loved it because she's just so cute. Yes, so oh, so tiny too. <laughs> I know she was she was four pounds twelve ounces wow. when I brought her home from the hospital. Wow, just is she still itty bitty? She's the oldest of our three year olds, and she's the smallest. Yes, <laughs> by like six pounds at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So again, the Lord stepped in and filled in the gaps because, um, honestly, Jesus Jesus did what only He can do again, and just made away because I look back on just I guess I should get into the next part of the story because this is where I really am like Jesus only could make this happen because <laughs> uh, about four months later I got another baby <laughs> um my third daughter Nora her biological mother had a, another baby and she said just call Beth she'll adopt her <laughs> I was like oh I will <laughs> Beth adopts all the kids <laughs> I know but again it was uh I it God size details yeah um, a month prior, I had been living, um, I bought, sorry, a month prior to Lucy being born, I bought a new house and moved in and it God size details of, I was just driving past a house in my own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I had, I was living in a two bedroom condo, 900 square feet with four kids and, um, just happened to be driving by this house, walked through it. Cause it was an open house. And I had a friend in the car to stay with the kids so I could walk mm-hmm. through it in peace <laughs> and walked around and thought, Hmm, this house seems perfect for our family. Thought about it over the weekend, got my house ready to sell, put my house on the market, sold within two days. Okay. And then I put my offer on, on this other house. I got it moved in a month, like, you know, within a month yes. during closing, And then a month later, Lucy was born and they probably would not have let me take Lucy home from the hospital, you know, going back to a two bedroom, 900 square foot apartment or condo. So I God size details. I'm telling you, like I could not have always perfect. (laughs) Oh yes. I could not have orchestrated those details. And so, you know, Lucy was born and I said, yes, again, laying my yes at the feet of Jesus. And I thought they'd tell me no, because the law in Tennessee is you can't have more than two under two. And I had a 20 month old and a four month old at home. And my caseworker again, wrote a letter and made it happen. And I took her home to the hospital, <laughs> like 10 days old, I think, cause she had seizures and stuff. So she had to be monitored a little bit more. And, um, yeah. And then within that next year, I think, yeah the next October Mia was adopted and then Lucy was adopted that following February and that made our family of six and I felt crazy the whole way through so don't (laughs) think I'm like I seriously don't think I'm actually Wonder Woman because I'm not (laughs) because I'm pretty sure I blacked out there for the first three months Lucy was alive because two babies (laughs) just honestly it was the Lord's hand and everything with those God-sized details and just walking through each of those placements mm-hmm. and figuring out DCS because DCS is overwhelming mm-hmm. and working with the foster care, you know, just the, the community, you know, just figuring that out. And you really build those awesome relationships and learning. I had to learn a lot of when to, and how to ask for help because mm-hmm. I don't like to, I'm very prideful yeah. and I want to be able to do it all on my own. And <laughs> God definitely used foster care to humble me many, many times. <laughs> So, um, 
yeah, it's just really cool to see. I still, I'm just blown away. I mean, I made a reel on Instagram the other day about our story Mm -hmm. and I sat there crying (laughs) because I'm just like, what in the world? (laughs) It is, it is an amazing story, but it is just so powerful how that just a yes, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, led from this to that, to that. And now your girls are having the chance to grow up in an environment that didn't seem like a possibility at one point in their life, you know, and and it's just a whole different thing. And I think that is so amazing. And, you know, even in talking about, okay, so how do we get involved in foster care? What do we do? I think, first of all, I think a lot of us think, oh, there is no way. And maybe that is true for some, or maybe even the majority, but I think some people that think that there is a way you just, I think a lot of people make excuses because it's scary. Yes. Well, they're not wrong. It is very scary. But I also, this is one thing I always say, um, is don't overcomplicate God's will. Yeah. Because you're yes, but not now because of this X, Y, and Z, you know, mostly legitimate things like, oh, you know, I want to, I need a bigger house or I need this. I had no family in town. I was working my first full-time teaching job. Well, I think so often we want all of the details to perfectly align before we tell God yes, whether that's foster care or any other aspect of our life. Like if it makes sense to me in the short term and long term, okay, God, like this fits well. Yeah. But I mean, more often than not in every area of life, we don't get that. And, but I mean, that's have you ever read the Bible? Because <laughs> um, pretty sure that's never, ever yeah. been the case for literally any Christian ever. <laughs> but it's that journey where God grows and changes oh, yeah. and proves mm-hmm. I am really strong, but it is in your weakness mm-hmm. that you get to experience my strength. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Just look at my story. Don't look at me because that has nothing to do with me. Like I can, I can't emphasize that enough because I was not patient. I'm honestly not even a huge kid person. (laughs) I love, I, I mean, I just tried to teach second grade and, um, it was not my calling. It was, and I don't, there's don't hear me. Don't hear me wrong, but it was necessary. And it was God's will for our family just because of the many, many, long details that went into it and I have zero regrets I just did not enjoy it yeah so I love my children yes so much and like I told them the other day that they never had to move out of my house because I don't want them to ever leave because (laughs) because of my age of when I got kids and the fact they were you know already born and potty trained and older I'll be I'm in my I just turned 30 I will be 38 when my oldest graduates high school like we're 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 like, but I'm just, you know, the, you know, my seven children are within seven years of each other. Okay. Yeah. So talk me through this. So you have seven. The oldest is 10, 10. And the youngest is youngest three or three. Okay. You have three that are three. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? Yeah. I know. Wow. So I'm just like, why we're getting, we're, we're going to be done with parenthood so quickly. And I'm not sure if I'm okay with this. I need more time. (laughs) I know. I'm like, Oh gosh, but uh, my children are incredible and I, I want to keep them forever. And I'm going to be the annoying grandma who's like, please, can I babysit? And they're like, mom, I want to play with my kids. <laughs> That's going to be me. Yes. Um, so it, it's just, you know, God, there's God 
can do so much with so little Mm -hmm. and we just have to be willing. We have to lay our yes at the feet of Jesus and just lift our hands and surrender because God doesn't need anything more than that. Honestly, if we try to offer more, we might get in the way. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think that a lot of the times we just overcomplicate it. And if God's calling you to be involved in foster care at this time, maybe that is the timing God has for you. And you know what, if there's like actual details that don't allow you, like Mark and I physically cannot foster anymore because we've, we're over the, the quote unquote legal limit of children in our home to Mm -hmm. add foster children to. So we, we, we literally cannot foster. They wouldn't even try to give us an interview. They'd just be like, Mm -hmm. nope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that doesn't mean we get out scot-free, scot-free. We, we have to step in in different ways. Yes. And I think that's something, you know, the Lord really burdened my heart about this area of need and of ministry mm-hmm. and all of these kids. You know, sometimes I think I work so hard to create this safe home, this, you know, haven for my kids. And, and while, of course, I want to do that and I'm thankful for that, the reality of how many kids don't even get that option. And, you know, mm-hmm. that varies on the spectrum from, you know, okay to most definitely nine. I think your kids have fallen in a lot of that spectrum. But just realizing that somehow I wanted to get involved in this. We are headed to Australia. I, I can't take in a kid right now, <laughs> you know, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that there's not anything that I can do to get involved. So as I started praying through this, you know, God, what can I do? God opened a door and it may seem trivial and silly, but it has been such a blessing. And that is, I, I don't even remember how I got exposed to this, but there's just like a Facebook foster care community group that provides meals for families that get new placements or families that have had COVID or families that, I mean, who knows, you know, it could just be I mean, there's actually, there's one family who recently their house burned down in a fire. So this foster care community, yeah, we're providing meals for them for like the next three months. And to me, sometimes like, I mean, that's meant, I mean, one time I sent a pizza gift card. Like that's all I could do at the time. Yeah. But, but I, Hey, I provided pizza, you know, we, we got Domino's or there's been other times where I've been able to do a home cooked meal, but it's doesn't take a lot of my time. It's not like this huge investment of me, but it's been one area that I've been able to get involved in this. And, and I've loved that. I've loved having a small part. Now I'm sure being on your end, it may seem like a small meal to me, but um, actually it's not <laughs> uh, those times that people showed up. Cause especially as a single mom, it, mm. you know, meals are always my job dishes, always my turn. Um, bottles, every bottle, every time of the day is all me. So to take that one thing off could be the, the, the taking off the edge of me having a complete meltdown (laughs) because I had plenty of those. Well, and I'm just thinking about, you know, if you got to pick up these kids from school and then, okay, this one has a doctor's appointment and I have this, you know, newborn and like, just, I mean, I juggle life, but I mean, you really juggled life. That's a lot of young ones with different needs and very, you know, compact. So, I mean, I know what it's been a blessing to me when a friend's delivered pizza to my house. So I'm just assuming when you're like, Hey, guess what? You don't have to have dinner tonight. Like Domino's is on the way. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it sounds something, it sounds like something so little, 
but for a very weary or overwhelmed new foster parent or a weary veteran foster parent, it doesn't matter what stage you're in. A meal is huge. Well, and I, would think I too, just to know that somebody is thinking about you has recognized the sacrifice you're making. Like absolutely. that might even minister more than the pizza, you know, because foster care can be very, very lonely because yeah. you have kids that come in with unique needs and people don't always understand. I mean, even just with getting married, my husband's had to learn how to respond to trauma and how to learn how to, you know, parent children with special needs. And my youngest Lucy has a lot of struggles and, you know, we're walking through some of diagnoses and she might be autistic and just learning how to respond and honestly keep your cool and for both of us (laughs) and um, learning all the new things while also trying to prepare you know, find them clothes and figure yes. out what size of shoe are you? And you came in this size, but is that your size? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, that's three sizes <laughs> too big. So cool. Um, now we need shoes. We have no shoes. Oh, we need diapers. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, I just had a friend, she's a single foster mom up here in South Bend. She got a foster placement last month of a little two-year-old, maybe three-year-old, maybe one-year-old. They didn't know oh, wow. <laughs> boy. Yeah. And she was like, texting me and I was out asleep and I didn't see it, but she got the placement at one 30 in the morning, mm-hmm. didn't have diapers, didn't know where she could go. That was open. That would actually have diapers. Yeah. And cause you know, COVID's limited hours on so many stores. So it's mm-hmm. not like you can just run to Walmart in the middle of the night. Walmart's not open that late. Mm-hmm. And so, um, cause he didn't come with anything. He came with what he was wearing and she didn't have a car seat. So it's not like she could just load him up in the car seat and head over to Walmart in the middle of the night. That wasn't even an option. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then to think about dinner on top of all that. (laughs) So just doing small things like that, or even just being like, Hey, can I, uh, can, if you need to order something from target, just send in the order and then I'll tell you what I'm there. You click, I'm there and give me the code and I'll pick it up and bring it to you. Saving a trip like that. I mean, that's so small and you feel like, oh, I guess that's all I'm doing. No, that's, that's what you can do. And Mm -hmm. that's so helpful because I mean, there's just so many little things that you can do to help and step in and fill the gaps because I mean, like, I mean, I'll give this example. Like she got that two-year-old boy in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. And then he went back home a few weeks later. And then this weekend she got a two-year-old girl. And so a tiny, tiny two-year-old girl. So she needed a completely new set of clothes. She needed everything for her. So Mm -hmm. it's just incredible to see the need. Yes. And then all you have to do is say yes. And God's going to do the rest Yeah. and let him lead you where he wants. And if that just means a target pickup order, cool. If that means buying a package of diapers, amazing. Mm anything and everything can help because we're all called to foster care in some way. Yes. Well, and I know we've kind of talked about this before and you had mentioned what a blessing it was for families to have you in their home. Yes. Uh, So not even just bringing a meal, but um, foster care can be really, really lonely. And even just that acknowledgement of, Hey, I see what you're doing here. Let me help out is awesome. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times, especially in my situation, and this sounds, I feel awkward saying this, but people would always put me up on a pedestal. Like, oh my goodness, you're 24 and fostering. That's so amazing. And I'm like, I just want a friend. I want a friend I can call and vent. I want somebody that will love on my children. And obviously as a single mom, I had the worries and fears of my children not seeing a positive marriage and Mm -hmm. you know the 
beauty of marriage and the way they should be treated by man and not having a male influence in their life. And, um, you know, just what that comes with. And I had people who were like, Hey, I want you to have you over for dinner. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause yeah, especially more so now, now that I have, you know, three, three-year-olds, I'm like, I'm in the place of my friend. I'm like, oh yeah, we don't go to people's houses that don't have children already. <laughs> well, this has been great. And I think it's given kind of a broad spectrum of just different ways that you can get involved um, in your community, in foster care, to whatever degree God calls you to, but realizing that there is a place to serve really for everybody and just asking the Lord to reveal that to you. And for you, that has given you this beautiful story of a beautiful family. And I'm going to share your picture on social media so that everybody can see all of these cute little faces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Beth, thank you so much for joining me. This has been encouraging and very helpful and just a beautiful testimony of just what surrender looks like and the life yeah. of an average person that just said, God, whatever you want, my life oh, yeah. is yours. Yep. Awesome. Jesus well, can do a lot with very, very little. So <laughs> yes, he can. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. I really appreciate you coming on for the interview. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.